And I'm your host, Kim Miller. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode four. Every time I say episode whatever, I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing another episode. <laughs> I'm so excited that um, you guys are still tuning in and you guys are enjoying it. Um, I'm loving all you guys' just feedback and encouragement. So thank you so much. I'm going to thank you every single week, probably from now on episode 100, 1000, because I'm so grateful, so, so grateful. So Again, thank you. I hope everybody is having a beautiful week. I am having a pretty great week. I have no complaints. I um, I have recently gotten into Greenleaf, and I know I'm super late to that show, but man, I'm deep. I done got caught up all the way. It's my gym show. I don't know if anybody else does this, but when I go to the gym, I like to do like 30 to 45 minutes cardio if possible, and I like to have a show because that kind of forces me to stay on the elliptical or the treadmill or whatever I'm doing for that period of time. So that has been my gym show and I'm enjoying it very much. So it's very crazy, but I'm enjoying it. So that's kind of been something that has kept me busy this week and focused in terms of my workout. Um, But yeah, everything else is going great. I am still recording more episodes. So I have so many great episodes coming down the pipeline for you guys. I have something super excited for February. So get ready for the month of love. I'm going to do something super special and I'll be telling you guys about that in the next week or so. But yeah, here we go. Um, So today, this episode is kind of going to be based around musicianship and artistry and and I'll tell you more why in a few moments but I was thinking of my hey girl for the week and man I thought it was so fitting to do my hey girl for the week to my girl Linnell Grant who if you don't know uh Toby and Fat in a wig way you I don't know you might be sleeping under a rock I'm not sure because they are like blowing up crazy everywhere hey they're my friends but um Linnell Grant is their producer and she recently had a baby Elijah and she just made her debut back to the um, Get Twisted Sundays videos that they release every week and she had the baby with her and I just thought that was so special such a beautiful representation for young girls and women and just everybody period so I love her she's super dope super dope personality super talented and I want to send my hey girl to Miss Linnell Grant hey girl keep on doing it. You're so beautiful. I love you. <laughs> but um, so this week, one of the things that I said when starting the podcast, and this is kind of some advice that was given to me and also just something that I took on um, on my own, but I wanted the podcast to kind of become whatever it was going to become. So I had all these expectations and ideas and of course, like very foundational things that I want to um, have established. But for the most part, And what I've learned from other podcasters is some things will just kind of come as you go along. So one of those things was obviously the name of the podcast is Hey Girl, Hey. So I assume that it would be mostly women listening to the podcast, girls listening to the podcast. But I've been getting a lot of feedback from guys and I'm like, oh, that's so nice. Some guys are like listening to it with their wives or their girlfriends. Some are like have been caught like by themselves listening to it and they're kind of like embarrassed, but then like. It's good, so I don't care. (laughs) I will not say any names, but you know who you are. (laughs) But I think that's so dope. So 
this week, um, I got one of my guy friends to do the podcast and I'll get into who that guy is, but, uh, I really want, I still want it to be obviously for the ladies and I've always want that to be the focal point, but this week it's a guy and I hope the guys really enjoy this because it was super like a manly vibe, but also as a woman, it was just super like interesting and fun and exciting. So I hope you guys feel all those things and I hope you guys like are down to go on this journey with me as we kind of like develop the Hey Girl Hey podcast and what that is going to be because I am super open to um kind of what that will entail and what that'll grow into and this is one of the ways that it's kind of already blossomed for me is opening it up to men um just being guests and being expressive and yeah so this week's interview is super exciting and I just hope you guys enjoy it but I did get a question for the week and let me go ahead and pull it up so in the spirit of again musicianship um someone actually reached out to me in my Instagram DM and I don't know I've actually had this one for a while, but I thought it would be cool to answer it on the podcast as well. But someone asked me, like, what are the challenges of being married to a musician? And um, as you know, I've been married for 10 years. Shout out to Jesse Miller. Hey. Um, And he has been a musician all of those years. He's been a musician since she was like five years old. But I it's been I've been doing it for so long. So it kind of feels like. I have to really think about it. But if I think back to like the very beginning and if anybody is in the beginning stages of a relationship with not not even just a musician, but a creative, um, I feel like sometimes you don't always value their work as much as in our society. We look at like nine to five and climbing a corporate ladder. It's just a different grind and a different journey. So I feel like you have to be really open to what that path looks like for them and be very supportive And that was not always easy. That's something that I learned in the beginning, thank God. But um, I guess that would be the biggest challenge that I've faced is just always valuing their work, even though it doesn't look like my work or what others would represent as, you know, work or career or whatever. Um, Being a creative kind of has its ebbs and flows as much as like corporate can also, but corporate is a little bit more steady generally. So I would say just being open to that path and that journey and just always holding that that person down that you love and being very supportive. And that's something that I've learned from some great wives and continuing to to learn in that way. So I hope that answers that question. But this week, my guest is Mr. Byron Thomas, and he lives in Los Angeles. He's an amazing musician and producer. He is traveling the world and has been for a couple of years with an amazing artist, Lana Del Rey. If you don't know her, check her out. Her artistry is amazing. But um, crazy story, we uh, were, were meeting in LA to do our interview. And well, he lives in LA. I was coming to LA. And Jesse was teaching me how to like work the equipment. He had given me like a little setup that we were going to use. And the night before my flight, I don't know, something started happening with the interface and Jesse was worried I wouldn't be able to navigate it by myself. So we ended up reaching out to a friend in LA, Noah. Thank you so much, Noah, for, for helping us out last minute. But we ended up reaching out to him to do the recording in his space And he lived in a certain part of town. I don't want to put his business out there, but he lived in a certain part of L.A. where um, we get we get to his apartment. We're outside about to walk in and two musicians happen to just drive by and see Byron. 
and I guess they just saw him in the middle of the street. He has like a huge beard. So I guess he is very recognizable, but, um, saw him pulled up, kind of started chatting, ended up inviting him to a rehearsal. Um, later that night, he learns the rehearsal was for like the Grammys, which, oh my God, that's amazing and huge. And they literally just was like, can you play with us at the Grammys? Like what? (laughs) So, uh, later, like once we kind of got home and settled, you know, Byron was just kind of talking to my husband and saying how, you know, how it was so amazing that we were at that specific location at that specific time, because that's where one of the guys lived and that connection would have never happened that night. So then he would therefore never have been playing for the Grammys a few weeks from now, which he's never done. So man, like that story was so dope to me. It reminded me of kind of I think Leah talked about it from episode one, how you could be like doing something great for someone else. And then you turn around and receive something that you weren't even expecting. That was kind of like my takeaway. So man, like don't despise like doing, doing people favors or helping people out when you feel led to, because, you know, I'm sure Byron had no idea what, you know, what was going to, he just, he was just helping me out, literally helping out a friend recording the podcast, but what an amazing opportunity that he walked right into. So I think that's so dope. I really wanted to tell that story because that that was so dope to me. And it actually encouraged and inspired me to like always be open to that when you feel a nudge to help somebody, a nudge to do something, a nudge to go somewhere and be present, like follow that nudge. So I am excited to get into this episode because it was super good. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. And this is my friend, Mr. Byron Thomas. So we have a boy in the Hey Girl Hey Clubhouse today. So hey, boy, hey. Hey, girl, hey. So my good friend Byron Thomas is with us. How long have we been friends, Byron? I'm going to say about 10 years. I feel like it's 11, but it we might could, be 11. Because we've been married 10. You weren't at the wedding. Ooh, I wasn't at the wedding. No, I so don't even was, know if I was invited. You was, Come on, somebody. You was, was in, a, I invited? You was in another country. You was in a different country. Okay, we cool. already knew All in right, advance. Cool, 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 cool. I accept, um, I accept that. But yeah, we've been friends with you for a minute. Yeah, I got a little story, fan base. I got a little story <laughs> about those two. Um, so I met him in Buffalo, right? And Jesse came to pick me up for church one Sunday. Zion, right? Shout out to Zion Dominion. Shout out to Zion. (laughs) So this is early in the morning because this is early service, right? Yeah. And so the two of them, you know, Jesse and Kim were in the car. I get in the car and we on our way to church. I'm the entire time. The entire time was a comedy show amongst them two. <laughs> I'm talking cadences were crazy. I'm talking like, I just sat back and listened. They didn't even know I was listening like that. I was just mm. tuning in. It was just a comedy show. And they were entertaining each other, but naturally. Yeah. That's when I knew. I was like, okay, yeah, that's real. Oh, you can't fake that. Yeah. We can't fake you it. You can't fake that. That's we are real. very comical amongst each other. Y'all are. It's People funny. do say that. It's funny. That's my boo. Shout out to Jesse Miller. Hey. Shout out to Jesse. All right. (laughs) You're like, that's enough. (laughs) So I want to get started on you and your life and all the amazingness that you have done. Wow. Amazing. So I remember when you were on Making the Band. I feel like that's the beginning of the blow up Hmm. slash glow up. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that making of the band process and what that was like for you. In a way, that was the beginning. Um, but it kind of goes beyond, like before that, a Come little on, bit, go just back. a little yeah, bit. Go back. You know, because I got a shout out to Kiki, Kiki Sheard, um, Jay Moss, 
the Clarks, you know, the Clark sisters. It started there for me. Okay. You know, so um, making this band did kind of position me in a new audience, right? If you will. Mm-hmm. So, um, making this band what was that two thousand nine? Believe it or not, I wasn't even gonna do the show. Actually, wow. I really wasn't gonna do. It. I was gonna, like, I heard about it, but then I was like, um, I don't know. It it's, it looked at cheese to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was, it looked at cheese. But friends of mine back home was saying like, "Yo, I hear about this show. You should just do it. Like, go out for it." And I was like, "All right." So I did it just for kicks, to be honest, because I had different ideas at the time. Like. I was really trying. I had moved to New York. Real talk. I moved to New York to really try to work for, with uh, Spike Lee. Oh, in film. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, I had a plan. It was a series plan, too. And, you know, making this band kind of kind of hated on that plan, if you know what I'm saying. Like It, it changed was, the whole thing. It changed thing. the whole thing. Yeah. Um, mm. So, I went out. I auditioned in New York. And... Uh, you know, I got the call back. So I went back to the call. I think the call back was maybe a week later, mm-hmm. I believe. And then, um, no, 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 no. The call back was actually the next day. And uh, we went and a lot of us was in there, like some friends of mine that's still to this day. Um, we was in there just vibing. It was a vibe in that room, seriously. I wish... See, all of us that were a part of the cast, we're trying to find those tapes. Yeah. Because there's so much going on that a lot, I think a lot of viewers will love. Yeah. You know? And the audition was one of those moments where, especially the New York audition, it was vibes. And, mm. and you know, we had Brockett in there, Greg Cox, G. Cox, Jamario, um, so many. Lynette, I think. No, no, Lynette did L.A., I think. Um so many keyboard players, really. Too many to name. Um, outside of myself, too. You know, I was a part of that. But um, we were in there, and we were just, you know, vibing. And then at the end of it, you know, they made their selections. And um, I think Rob Lewis, Rob Lewis was one of the judges. Um, Nissan Stewart, Omas, you know, Romeo. You know, shout out to all of them. You know, they made their selections, and we got to go to L.A. How many of you guys went to L.A.? A lot. To be honest with you, I think it was, don't quote me, but I think it was at least 62. That made it to L.A.? To, that made it to L.A. Into the house? No. Oh, that's before you even L.A. Get the house. was the audition where Diddy showed up. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, at the Orpheum, I think. Mm. Yeah, so it was at least 62 there, and um, yeah. It was a lot of us. And it, we, we pretty much did the same things we did in all the auditions in all the other cities. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just for Diddy. Mm-hmm. You know, Diddy actually showed up. And, oh, there was a part of that particular audition in L.A. where Diddy made certain bands battle what? on stage. Nobody saw that. That didn't make the show, and I don't know why it didn't make the show. But it should have made the show. Yeah. Because on that particular day... Diddy saw, it was Tim Robbins, you know, uh, God bless the dead, rest in peace. Uh, him and Jamario, they had their individual bands, and mm. they were going at it. Everybody know Jamario, you know, that's Bruno Mars. But he was, uh, he was, him and Tim were really battling on stage, and Diddy saw that. Mm. 
And so he, he stood up and he said, you know, this is really how it goes on tour. Like, you in, you, you know, you got your, your, your opening artist, you know what I'm saying? You got your headliner. And we trying to see who the best for the night. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was like, I want to see who's going to be the best for the night. Mm. And so he just made them go. Song after song, like, you know. And it was crazy for at least, I think it was like 10, 15 minutes. They just wow. kept going. And, uh, yeah, it was amazing stuff. So that was that. Diddy made his selections, and then we all made the house. Now, what happened was musicians made the house first. They put the musicians in first. Okay. Because singers were involved in this thing, too. I'm trying to remember the singers, but yeah, you're right. It was yeah, singers. Yeah, singers involved in this. So, but the singer, I think we were, in, the musicians were in the house for at least two weeks. Before they even got there. Yeah, we was, before we even started filming, really, I, th I believe we were in the house for a week and a half or two weeks, just... Chilling out, getting to know Man, each other. just getting to know each other. You know, it felt like college. I think we all felt like that. Like, it felt like, a, you know, your first year at the university and you yeah. meet new people. It was Now, I know you said you wanted to go to New York, but how did you feel when you got in the house? Like, that wasn't your plan, but were you, like, excited or did you feel like, okay, this is something? Or did you kind of feel like I'm just going along with it? I just, you know, honestly, I just went along with it. Like, from the audition, for me, honestly, from the, from the audition all the way up into the house, I didn't know what to expect. Mm. And when I got casted for the show, I was, you know, obviously humbled and thankful. But I still didn't know what to expect, so I was just pretty much going with it. I didn't know what, to, what was to come from it. Right. You know what I mean? I was just riding the wave, wow. you know? Yeah. So, um, it was cool, though. You know, it was, it was an experience. Um, I believe that's, am I answering your question? Yeah, 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 for oh, sure. Okay, okay. So was it like super produced or was it like a, what we saw on the show? Like, was it pretty real? No, it was realer than what you saw. Oh. They just didn't, I should have been in the editing room to be honest with you. Like, they didn't know what to show. Right. Like, it was so much going on and I, all my cast members will agree with me. Like, there was so much going on in the house before the singers got there, once the singers arrived. It's so much. It's just so much material. Like, pseudo fights, you know. What but, is a pseudo fight? I mean, because, you know, you live with people, you know, you got egos and it gets, you know, drinks. Yeah. It gets, you know. People get a little raised get a little up ignorant. in the chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. They elevate. Mm. So it's kind of like, um, yeah, it was just moments, you know. I ain't going to put nobody on blast. But it was moments in the house and... Um, they should have probably aired some of that stuff. It would have been definitely entertaining. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was college life in a sense. It was music college life. Like yeah. it, That's what it felt like to me. And was it like super competitive and people trying to like make It was very stay? competitive, but at the same time, we were all in this brother-sisterhood. Mm -hmm. So it was produced. They tried to produce it. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, and I'll never forget this. So the producers, we were in the house, like I said, about a week and a half or maybe two. And uh, we were so, because we have seen so many shows, yeah. reality shows. You know, musicians, we, we use a different side of the brain. You know what I'm saying? We were, you know, we, we're thinkers. Right. So all of us in the house were just trying to avoid being edited the wrong way. Yeah. To the point where we, we weren't good TV. Okay. We weren't showing anything. We weren't showing no personality. Nah, you ain't gonna get me. Mm -hmm. That was the vibe. You, you didn't want to be like the storyline yeah, or like the yeah. Me. You ain't gonna get us. 
So the producers had to come up upstairs, you know, because it was they were under the the house. We was in a house in Silver Lake. The, I think it's the same house that filmed Scream Two. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a nice house, but the you know production was in the basement. Okay. You know, and so the producer had to come upstairs and talk to us like, hey. Y'all need to give me something. They actually said we were boring. Oh. Yeah, you guys are boring. And we like, well, I mean, we're smart. Yeah. We don't want you, you know. And they like, well, you know, we just want you to relax more. And, you know, they talked to us and coached us. And then, you know, they start allowing alcohol to come in, you know, be involved. And once that happened. It was all over. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. We in here now. (laughs) Wow. We, We here. Okay, so the making of the band is a show where you're like, People leave every week and go home or whatever. So what was that process for you? How did that end for you? And what was your emotions behind that? Yeah, let me tell you this. So we had a lot of assignments. Uh, We had to do cannon. All the keyboard players know what cannon is. It's an exercise, but all the the disciplines had to do it. So a lot of people left in week one Mm. because they couldn't handle it. It was crazy. Um, The second week was my favorite, which was... Battle of the Bands, mm-hmm. and my band won. Shout out to Group One. Okay. We killed. <laughs> we rapped. Um, so, um, and that was that was fun because you we got a chance to we did some a Whitney Houston song, and uh, we got a chance to really you know analyze the music mm-hmm. the way it, you know um, professionals do it like you know for tours and stuff like that, and we put bands together. You know, everybody had to learn parts and play together as one unit mm-hmm. for a live show. And this live show was for the judges. So we had a stage. Actually, there was a, there was a stage. You saw that. There was a stage in the house built. Like, yeah. we had a full production room. Like, we were in there, like, for real. Like, this is, let's go. Right. You know? And, um, but my group won. So, you know, that's that. <laughs> um, like, we won and, all that, okay? Yeah, we did that. And then, um, uh, week three, I believe week three was when the singer, no, the singers came in week two. So week three was the week I left. Oh. And, but originally it was like a few days had gone by, you know, like, so I, I'm going to say it was about a week that went by. And then all of a sudden it was a pop-up challenge. Oh. So the judges just popped up at the house and said, today is challenge day. And on challenge day is when, you know, somebody got to go home. Yeah. So on Challenge Day, it was like, you know, dog eat dog. Like, you know, uh, keyboards, bass players, guitar players. Uh, it was a keyboard day that particular day. Okay. So we were going head to head. And I ended up going head to head with uh, my guy, Jay Free, Jason Friedman, LA Zone. Okay. Um, and uh, he's, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. And. I just wasn't amazing that day. Oh. And I think, you know, I to be honest, I think the nerves got the best of me. Really? Because it was that moment. It was like, we're going, like, it's like, show me what you got. Yeah. And I, you had no time to prepare. And it was just like, I just didn't perform well. Like, I just didn't do well. So I kind of knew after my performance, I'm like, I'm probably going to be one to go. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, yeah, I was the one that you know that went home that day, and uh, what's funny is I got to the car because you know they got a little van that comes up. You got to clear your stuff out immediately. Oh, how much you time know, do they give you? They give you a little man because all because it was sad because now we talking about maybe a month or two. You and these are like your friends, yeah, yeah, like you know. So everybody's like, oh man, wow. 
you know, so they send the goodbyes or whatever. And I get my stuff and I go to the van and the producer comes out to me. Yeah. And he was like, and I don't, I'm, I'm going to say it anyway, but he was like, I, I hated that they cut you. Mm. He was like, but we had to cut somebody. Yeah. Because, you know, they had, they only had a certain amount of weeks. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So. I just happened to be. I mean, I was the weakest link on that day. On that day, so right. Happened, you know, because I feel like, you know, I had, I was cool with the producers or whatever. Like, they just, I guess they liked my personality. Yeah. So they didn't really want to see me, you know, go. They was just like, yo, uh, I don't, I mean, it's sad, you know. Now, they could have been gassing me too. I don't know. But the guy, I forget his name, but he was, he was kind of legit, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and I felt like, you know, I felt like he was sincere, mm-hmm. you know. So that was that. Week three, I was out, and um, I was at home. And you went back to Detroit, or I you went, went back, back to, to New, New York? York? Okay. Yeah, and I was in New York for a minute, just you know, um, de- it's decompressing. Yeah, decompressing from that whole situation. Because here's what you gotta understand: in the house or on any reality show, you're like a guinea pig. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's like a social experiment. Yeah. And we were mic'd up 24-7. You know, we had we was going to sleep in our battery packs. Oh, my goodness. You know, in our mics. We had to. Yeah. Because they, you know, cameras would come up at any time and, you know, catch little things. Wow. So, the only time we didn't have our microphones on was when we were in the shower. So, now you know, when you're watching reality shows, you know... In the shower, those shower movements or whatever, unless it's like produced, you know, the only time that, you know, the cast members don't have their microphones on. Other than that. So if somebody is in the shower on a reality show, that's fake. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, how you going to get the mic wet? You want to electrocute yourself. It's terrible. (laughs) Terrible way to go. Terrible way to go. Wow. So you were gone from that. Would you ever do reality again? Yes, actually. You would. Uh, But. Well, let me let me say this. I would I I could do it now because now I understand the philosophy of it. Okay. You know, when I was on it, one of the reasons why my performance wasn't the only reason why I was cut that day. Okay. According to the producers. It was that I had no story. Okay. And because I had no story, I was boring on mm-hmm. camera. Right. You know, so now that I know that, I can still be me. Like this, this personality you get, yeah. all this personality right here. Yeah, yeah. I didn't give them none of this. Yeah. Like I was trying to play straight. Right. I didn't want to embarrass my family. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm like, okay, I know now how to play you this game. It. Yeah. yeah, I know how to play this game. So wow. let's go. So if I ever get the opportunity, yeah, I'll do it again. You would do it. Yeah, definitely. That's and I would be up. a character, a character which Your is true me. character. My yes. true character. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Serve the people. You got to serve. Okay. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> So now you're back home in New York, but now the world knows you at this point. So what's next for you? Kinda. Kinda. Like, you know, the show got a little publicity and, you know, it was on like, I think Tuesday nights or something. No, Thursday nights or something like that. But, I mean, kinda. I'm gonna just put it there. Mm -hmm. You know, they kinda. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, because it was it wasn't that like it wasn't what people think like, so you know from that you know I'm sitting home and you know I 
My phone wasn't ringing off the hook. Okay. Oh, we saw your uh, Diddy show, so we want you to work. But it wasn't. That. It wasn't that. Okay. No, I was chilling, trying to figure my thing out. Like, yeah. where 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 will I go from here? Right. You know, these were my thoughts. Like, and that is was it like, over? How long was that time frame where you were figuring that out? Man, so about three months. Okay. And a good friend of mine's. Um, actually, let me see. Let me. I think it's a little longer than. No, no, it was about three months. Three months. And then my good friend Rob Lewis, which he was one of the judges. Okay. He called me. He called me. And he said, "Man, I got an opportunity. Uh, Sean Kingston's getting ready to go out. You should get to L.A. Wow. Put you in the band. Oh. So Sean Kingston was my first pop gig. I did not say. realize that. Yeah, Sean Kingston was the first pop gig. Okay. Shout out to Sean Kingston. I don't know what he's doing now, but wherever you at, shout out to you. Yeah. And the fam. You know, it was a good time. It was an interesting time, but it was good. You and know? that was like how long was that? Man, that was about a year. That was about a year, and then I got fired. <laughs> Wait a minute, how did you get fired? Let's talk about this. <laughs> so you know, like, okay, so Sean Kingston was fun. You know, he was he he was young. Uh-huh. Obviously, I'm older mentally. You yeah. know what I mean? So I was I was grateful to have that opportunity. But yeah. after I got into it and I started seeing little things, I'm like. I don't know if this is what I want to do. Yeah. But for the sake of paying bills. Right. I was like, I'm going to just do it. You know what I mean? That was a lesson learned, actually, there. Um, because when you lose your passion for it, mm-hmm. you need to stop. Okay. Or, you you know, the universe will stop it for you. If you get fired. Oh. You know, because it, 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 you know, it come through your energy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I was told, like, uh, his mother, it was a show in Orlando. And... I just wasn't wasn't feeling it, and I didn't know how to fake it. Yeah, you know, I didn't know how to fake it, so I was just like, "Oh, let's just get through this show." And it came across on camera. Yeah, and they saw that, and they was like, mm, "All right, but check this out. This is when it get it got grimy." So we were supposed to go to Africa. They actually went to Africa. The day before flying out, I was going to get my shots because you know you got to get this certain amount of right vaccinations and uh, um. So I, I'm calling people to say, okay, should I go get it? Because I hadn't heard anything. Yeah. I had no flight information. And I'm sitting at home. I'm in Michigan at the time. I'm at my sister's house. And I'm like, okay, nobody's calling me. What does this mean? Mm. So I called. I text uh, Chuck, another friend of mine. He was on the show, too. And uh, I said, Chuck, what's up? I'm about to go get my shots right now. You know, when we find out, I ain't got no information. Then he called me. Mm. And he was like, now this is the day before flying out to Africa. Wow. He says, um, he's like, B, they they look, they gonna move on. They're gonna they're gonna move in another di- direction. And I said, What do you mean? Yeah. And he said, Well, you know, they just wasn't happy with, you know, what you was bringing to the table. And so I thought about it. The way they did it was kind of harsh to me. That's grimy, yeah. But that's the industry. Right. You know, and that was my introduction to it. Like, mm. it was like, yo, you here today, going tomorrow. Yeah. And, um, but I brought it on myself. It was a lesson learned because I knew there was time to move on and I should have just said. You should have just ended I it. I should have ended it. Yeah. You know, you know, so I deserved it in a sense. At the time, I didn't think like that. You know, I was thinking like. Why me? Right. Like, who are y'all? Like, you know, I'm just angry at <laughs> yeah, the point. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I want to go to Africa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was more about Africa than it was about the show. <laughs> to be honest with you. Like, 
<laughs> it was really about going to Africa. Yeah. And, um, I was just mad I couldn't go to Africa at that point. So um, I'm sitting at the crib, you know, and I'm 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 sad. You know, I just got fired. It's not a good feeling to get fired. Either y'all. way, go. It's not y'all. good to be fired. Yeah. Yo, the fired feeling. Yeah, it's rejection. A, it's such a stomach turn. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I tried to eat my way out of it. Like, go work out. <laughs> Drake. I, it could just, nothing was working. It was just like, yo, you're going to deal with yourself. Yeah. You're going to deal with your internal It was learning turmoil. experience. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a learning experience. So, after that, I also had a good, Rob Lewis is, you know, recurring character in the story. Like, yes. I talked to Rob and he, because he, you know, he heard about it. He told me about some of his experiences in the past, you know, and it was like, uh, he had a, a similar experience. I ain't going to tell his experience. That's for him to tell. But he had a similar experience to mine. And he told me, he was like, next time you get in that position, because a lot of us, we tour and we get in a mode, because you, you do the same set, the same music yeah. over and over in 30 countries. Like, same so it's show. easy to get like it's bored. It's easy and to get bored. And, yeah. you know, and he said, if any, if nothing else motivates you, the fact that you're out there on the road yeah. should have you excited. Yeah. Just that very thought alone. Because there are a lot of people who are sitting at home wishing they were doing what you were doing. Exactly, yep. And I never forgot that. Mm. I said, thank you, Rob Lewis. Shout out to Rob Shout Lewis. Shout out to Rob Lewis. Like, thank you. I was like, I never forgot that. And yeah. it was like, it was humbling, but I was ready for the next phase. Okay. The next phase didn't come for a long time. It was actually... Probably a year and a half. Yeah, there was a period where it was kind of like that. You know, I don't know if you've seen the um, Quincy Jones documentary on Netflix or whatever. No, I haven't seen it in this entire Yeah, he talks about the valleys and, you know, the, and, um, the hills. He says the hills to take care of themselves. Yeah. You got to learn to deal with the valleys. Yes. That was a valley period. Wow. It was a year and uh, maybe almost two years before anything popped. Wow. So I'm sitting doing, you know, church gigs, bored with that, and like little club gigs from here and here and there, just just waiting. Yeah. But I always knew that there was something else. Okay. So you weren't like depressed. You no, were very hopeful. I, just, I knew something was around the corner. Yeah. I knew something was like, you know what? You ready? You yeah. ready for the next thing? Yeah. And so I waited on it, and you know, anticipated it, and you know, about a year and a half later. It showed up in the weirdest way. Mm, so, because okay. I had not get this story. You didn't even ask this question, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. It's free. <laughs> um, that I had got called from from Bruno Mars. Okay. From Bruno's Mar- Bruno Mars' manager at the time was the same manager for Sean Kingston. Okay. Or they was, they was connected in a way. Yeah. Wow. And what's funny is the manager from Sean Kingston referred me. To the Bruno Mars uh, uh, manager. Wow. And I was shocked. Because you got Y'all fired. fired yeah. But you, you thought did something, enough? right? Yeah. 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 So they they called. They was like, yeah, call him. He's available. You know, he's a good guy. Yeah. So they called me. And at the time, you know, don't trip on me, but I wasn't aware of who Bruno Mars was. Oh. Yeah. I, I like... You know, this my, was before he really blew up. Yeah, this was BLB, him okay. and BLB. Okay, and I wasn't aware of that song, so my friends had to show me like who he was, like 
And then I was just like, oh, okay. And I started listening to some music. And I was like, okay, it's a vibe. Yeah. I'm good. And so I called them back because they, they gave me, a, you know, some time to think about it. Yeah. Because I said, can I think about it? Because in my mind, I'm A-list only. Okay. I, and I just got fired. I ain't got no job. I ain't got no kid. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I got to go A-list only. Like, this is where I'm at with yeah. it. Like, I got to go there. Like, wow. I can't accept nothing else. Mm-hmm. And so I called them back. I was like, yeah. You know, I'll do it. And they, at that time, they was like, well, Bruno decided to stick with this, you know, current keyboard player. Oh, shoot. So that failed, too. Okay. Wait, I just got to stop you right there. How did you feel at that moment? Did you feel like you messed that up? Nah. Okay, you I felt confident cool. in it. Yeah, I okay. was actually cool. I'm like, okay. Okay. you got to think about it. Bruno wasn't Bruno. He wasn't Bruno. Time. Okay. You know. Actually, let me take that back. He was Bruno. The world just didn't know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So... Uh, shout out to Bruno Mars. Yeah, but um, he, uh, they called again. Mm. Second time around. They like, yeah, Bruno looking for another keyboard player. We thought we would try you again. Are you interested? I said, yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. Ain't no time to think. Ain't no time I was to like, think yeah, go ahead, put me up. <laughs> yeah. When the tour start. Yeah. Um, when rehearsal start, actually. Um, and then, I, you know, it was like, okay, we'll call you back with, you know, details. They mm. called me back and was like, well, Bruno decided to stay. Wait a minute now. Bruno's <laughs> playing games now. Bruno was playing, man. It was crazy. But, um, so that was that. And after that, I was just like, you know what? All right, cool. And I was kind of over the whole Bruno thing. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so I was sitting waiting. I'm still waiting. This is within that year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then, so we get, you know, I get another phone call. This time, it's from a homie of mine, okay. brother of mine, Omar Edwards. Shout out to Omar Edwards. Okay. Have you ever seen Jay-Z show? That's his music director, yes. Rihanna. You know, we everywhere. We all yes. over the place. Yeah. Um, Omar called me. He was like, yeah, Bruno looking for another situation. You game? Bruno again? Bruno again. Three oh, times. wow. Okay. No, there's a reason for this story. It's okay. crazy. Okay. So, three times, the same result. Bruno's going to stay with his current keyboard player i said cool at that at the third time i knew something was around the yeah corner. like you knew like, it was something yeah to this, this is just testing me this is just preparing my internal yes. spirit like wow. you know what i mean so maybe a month maybe two months after that i'm sitting playing 2k at my homie d-dub's house shout out to d-dub too yeah. it's a lot of shout outs at yeah, this we thing. Yeah, yeah we do shout outs yeah. um so I'm sitting at you know at the house and we're playing 2K and some friends of mine came down to audition for this artist. Yeah. And this artist was unknown, very new to Interscope. Mm. I'm not on that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm straight A list. You know, unless I get an A list call, I'ma sit at I'm sit at the house. Like, yeah. I'ma wait on it, you know. And uh, so they came down, they auditioned, they came to the house. They was like, B, you should have came. She didn't like no keyboard players and I said hmm really so I hit up um, I talked to uh, Nissan Stewart okay <laughs> shout out to Nissan Stewart <laughs> uh, Nissan you know we talked and he was like yeah he was like you in New York I was like yeah he's like bet come to rehearsal tomorrow so I said what am I coming for he's like man it's this artist I think she got it bro and wow. I think you want to sign on so I said I'm still playing 2K, and I'm like, uh, I ain't got no gigs, though. <laughs> no gigs. But I'm sitting like, mm, I don't know. All right. Because it was Nissan. I was like, all right, bro, I'll come through. Yeah. Came through. 
learned some of the music. It was demos at the time. And so um, I got, um, I, I learned the music, and then here comes the artist. She walks in. Yeah. Lana Del Rey. Wow. And so I didn't know who she was at the time. I'm just playing the music, and she's singing, and I heard her voice, and I was just like, yo, you got, you got an iconic voice. Yeah. Okay, there's something here, mm -hmm. all right? And so we kept rehearsing, and her personality was wonderful, and I was just like, your vibe, your energy is nice. Yeah. I can do this. So I looked at I told Nisa, I was like, I'm gay. And so we started a, a thing. We was rehearsing in uh, studios called Euphoria in New York, and we spent about like a month there. You know, just with her, we was just learning her. She was learning us. I mean, actually... I moved too fast. She was, you know, I went home that night. Okay. And uh, actually, no, I didn't go home. I walked out of the room and Nissan walked out after me and he came up to me. He's like, she loves you. Mm. And so that's when it was my gig. Yeah. Like, that was my thing. So um, from there on, we just built this, this wonderful ship. You know, Lana from Delray that is moment. no joke. Yeah. She has an, an, like her following. It's yes. like unbelievable. Yeah. She's like a pastor. She's like a pastor. <laughs> the people follow her. Her sheep hear her and they yeah. listen to her call. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Okay, it's so good. what? Oh, we're pausing. Okay, so I want to talk about the vibe. Like, you talked about not going for anyone less than an A-list, but you went for Lana Del Rey. Yeah. And she wasn't an A-list at that time, but it was something that you felt yeah. in that room. So yeah. you got to talk about that a little bit because I but feel like that's so important. Musicians, artists, whoever... You gotta have you gotta be you gotta have intuition. All of us have it, but a lot of us don't use it. Mm -hmm. And you gotta trust that intuition. And I had an intuition about her. I had a thought that resonated with me based on her voice. Yeah. And sometimes you gotta bet on. It, there was nothing at that point in time to be gained from yeah, it. Yeah, right. But it was something about the fact that it was nothing to be gained from it that yeah. I saw opportunity. Yeah. And I said, you know what? She's new. She got this iconic voice. We got a, you know, we got synergy. I'm gonna ride with her. Yeah. You know, even if I ain't making no money for the next, you know, two or three months, it doesn't matter because I feel like something's gonna break with her. Yeah. And you know what's crazy about that? <laughs> a month later, I was in London. A month later, I was in London with her doing a uh, Jews Holland show. That thing had popped off. It went so crazy. Mm. No, and I'm telling you, from that moment on. We went from Euphoria to doing a Brooklyn show, a little pop-up show, where nobody even paying attention to her. Yeah. They weren't even looking at us. It was a club where everybody was drinking and dancing. We was sitting, we was up there doing demos of her songs, like Blue Jeans, wow. video games. I don't think we did video games, but Who Can Be the Boss and stuff like that. All her hit records yeah. from you know the Born to Die record. We were playing those songs. Everybody was looking at us like, okay. Mm. Who's next? Like who's up here? Like you know, he's Ain't killing us. Know. Didn't know. Did not know. We didn't care. It was funny to us because it was a part of the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, from that moment on, we I was off. Like me and the camp, we was off. Mostly it was me and her and and, and my good friend Blake. Shout okay. out to Blake. You know he's the guitar player, okay. but he also is like co and D with me. Like we do this thing together. Wow. It's a three headed monster. Mm. It's her, me and him. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, we were, you know, you were doing an acoustic thing for a minute. Okay. I was gone for eight months. 
Wow. So we you go from not doing anything, mm-hmm. betting on something that isn't, you know, guaranteed. Right, right, right. And you you overseas for eight months. Mm. Like, and it was just moving. And it is it didn't stop moving. Actually it hasn't stopped moving. It hasn't stopped moving. Yeah. Like, That's I've why you missed gone, the wedding, the baby's I birth. Know, I, I went yeah. crazy. Like it was crazy. <laughs> like I missed my sister's graduation. Oh man. One of my sister's wedding, like being overseas. But you out, like, yeah. You know, wow. working, on, you know, that's another conversation we may segue to. But mm-hmm. um, it was from 2011 to current. Yeah. Like, it's just never stopped moving. Yeah. We've just been moving ever since. So, yeah, before I knew it, I was doing uh, Saturday Night Live and all these things, like all wow. these TV shows. And I was like, wow, I go from playing 2K to Saturday Night Live. Let's oh, go. Let's get it. That's crazy. We getting it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing though. So you talk a little bit about, you know, missing important events, but yeah. like how does that feel? Do you does the does the good outweigh the bad, I guess, in terms of missing all those things and kinda Well, just a little nugget, little back story. Somewhat it, it does because but what motivates me is the fact that a lot of people didn't believe that I was able to do it. Mm. So and to be honest with you, that includes family members. Okay. So you know, let's let's get ugly with it. We are gonna get ugly with it. like yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's you know, shout out to my family too. Yeah. There's a lot of shout outs yeah, in this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's um, it was a lot going on, you know, with my family growing up and stuff like that, where you know they just thought that. You get you a legit job, okay. legit nine to five. If you don't do that, you're not gonna be anything. Mm. They didn't understand creation. They didn't understand that they they themselves were creating their lives that they were living. Yeah. And I saw a different life, so I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna bet on me. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get out here in these streets and I'm gonna make it happen. Yeah. And so I got a lot of a lot of flack for it. Like, yeah. You know, saying I wasn't gonna be nothing. Like. You know, you're going to end up being a bum on the street type stuff. Like, oh, you know, I was hearing all of that. And yeah. to be honest with you, they, it came, a little of it came from, you know, the parentals as well. Yeah. They just didn't believe. They never that, probably seen that. They out. saw the talent, but they just, they saw the industry too. And they mm-hmm. was like, everybody don't make it. You yeah. know, everybody got dreams, but they don't make it. Because, you know, maybe they didn't go forth with theirs. Yeah. But I knew I was going to make it. Yeah. I had no doubt. I was like. I, I got to, you know, so a lot of that kept me on the road. You know, I was like, I'm missing all these family events. But, yo, I'm a trailblazer right now because now I'm the first to do it within my family. Yeah, legacy. Yeah, I'm creating something right here. So yeah. sometimes, you know, it's a give and take situation. You, yeah. If you you either going to trailblaze or you're going to do the family thing, the little normal cycle, yeah. you know, birthdays and Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff like that, all the holidays. Or you're going to get out here and make something happen. Yeah. I chose to get out here and make something happen. So, yeah, I missed a lot of events. You know, I still love my, my family and stuff like that, but I'm a trailblazer and I got to keep going. I know, that's right. You better yeah. come on, preach, come on, pastor come on Byron the trailblaze. Thomas. Come on, the trailblaze out here. Oh, my goodness. Shout out to the trailblazer. Shout out to the... <laughs> you want a break? Okay, so you traveled all over the world with Lana Del Rey. You're still traveling. One of the things you did that I think is crazy, Mm. you were at Kim and Kanye's wedding. 
Interesting. Now we got some legal things in place. We got some uh, yeah, situations. NBA. You got to give us a little something about that, though. Well, Drop you know, a little something. Well, okay. What I can say, um, that was a beautiful event, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, we were actually on tour at the time that we got the call. I get Kim wanted. Lana. Lana, she loved Lana. Yep. Yeah, the this song was her favorite song, "Young and Beautiful." She yes. wanted that mm-hmm. song, so who else gonna do that? It's, right, it's got to be Lana. So she requested that Lana be. I mean, I guess they talked about it amongst themselves, the family or whatever. But you know, um, Kanye's people, whatever, reached out to Lana's people, and they just like, "Yo, uh, are you guys interested in doing this?" And what we did it wasn't the actual wedding; it was the reception, which this was, was it was unique to me. They did the reception before the wedding. What? Yeah, so like the reception was the night before they actually said I do. Okay. It was crazy. It was like the reception in in Paris. Yeah. Wedding in Italy. Oh. So yes. everybody, you know, it was a, you know, it was a nice amount of people. About a hundred and fifty yeah. people invited or whatever. Uh, I was humbled to be in one of those. I was humbled to be in the number. What did you eat in that reception? Listen, what did you eat in that reception? <laughs> um, it was, I, I don't think I remember eating at all. It was a lot of drinks, though. Okay. It was crazy. Um, but the trip, the, the journey there, because like I said, we was on tour. Yeah. I think we were coming from Denver, and Kanye flew us out. Oh, wow. All of, like, us, select few of the crew members yeah. and us, you know, the core. PJ or, or what? No, we actually flew commercial... To London, okay, which was first class though. Don't trip. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then, um, then we sh- we I think we flew private from London to Paris, Paris. Mm. and because we landed at four. Now I get it. We did a show. I'm playing a show in Denver. Yeah. We board a plane the next morning, early. Yeah. We get to London. You see all these time zones we going through, right? Yes. We get to London. We fly. We land in London about maybe one in the morning. Jump to we get on the plane, go from London to Paris. We get to Paris about three thirty. Get to the uh, hotel about four a.m. Mm. to what looked like a haunted house in the city because we we couldn't be no one could know we were in Paris. Yeah. We were the secret like guests. Oh. Nobody knew even the people were involved. They didn't know we were going to be there. Wow! So no one in Paris could know we were there. So wow. they put us in. Like um, I told you, it looked like a haunted house. It was four a.m. What hotel have you been to where the lights were out? <laughs> you walked in, the lights were out. It was dark. People coming out of weird rooms. Like, what are you doing? Like, and then we we checked in the room. And I'm checking to my room, and I'm tired. Like yeah. I'm done. I lay down. What you know? It felt like twenty minutes. Probably was like an hour and a half. Yeah. I get a knock on my door. Tour manager Pete came to you know come get me. He's like, "Yo, we gotta move. We gotta move." Oh shoot! Yeah, because what they wanted to do is get us on campus, which is you know Palace of Versailles. Yeah. You know, if you ever in Paris, go to Palace of Versailles. It's beautiful. Uh, and they had to get us there because they had to sneak us in before the tourists came. Oh wow! They didn't do a good job at that. Like we actually arrived around maybe eight, nine in the morning. Mm. We arrived and. Uh, there's tourists all over the place just because people had heard that, you know, Kim and Kanye was going to yeah. be there and they heard a little bit because it was a rumor at the time yeah. that Lana was going to be involved too, but no one could confirm it. Mm. They had us in these Ben's vans locked in. Like it was, you know, you know, blacked out. You couldn't see inside. We could see out. 
And when we showed up and saw that it was fans out there, they didn't let us get out the van. Wow. We were in the van. Me and Blake were in these vans to like noon from like 8.30 a.m. to noon. Oh, my God. So we, you know, we just went to sleep on the little, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, I'm in here. They brought lunch to us and everything. It was crazy because we could not get out these vans. Then it was time for sound check. So now we have to get out. Yeah. And once we get, as soon as we opened the door, boy, somebody saw me and Blake uh-huh. and it was like, oh, my God, it's real. Like, she's here. They knew Lana was they knew, there. They knew it there. And then it was like, okay, it's official now. So we're going to try to camp out. No, nah, security wasn't having, you know, they weren't having that. So. We did our little sound checking this time, and then we just prepared for the night. Again, no one knew we was there. Yeah. So, yeah. That's crazy. And we didn't know who was in. You, you didn't know, know who was I even in. Know. I was ner- probably the most nervous I've ever been <laughs> really? to play. Yeah. Wow. In my life. Like, seriously. Mm. I was sweating. I was like. Because just the setup. Because just... I didn't know who I'm walking. Is Oprah going to be right yeah, here yeah, when yeah. I walk out this door? <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know who was going to be there. Yeah. This is an exclusive group. This is Kimye. Everybody was talking Everybody, about this right. the time. So I'm like, who's here? Yeah. So yeah, they took our phones and everything, snatched them. Front Ooh. door. Let me get that. Yeah, they did. No, it was quick. Yeah. Ain't no, ain't no filming. Ain't none of that. And I know why. I know why. Yeah. You yeah. definitely know why. I know why. But, you know, it was crazy. It was a good time. Um, it was a good time. It was a good time. That's all I can That's say. That's crazy. Right but right. um, okay. So this will be our last topic. We'll okay. wrap it up after this. So you are a single young man out here in the yeah, world. Yeah, ain't that crazy? Why are you single? What That's is the crazy. deal? What are you looking for? Do you feel like you're in a place mm-hmm. now where you can get into the mindset of settling down and things? See, the, see, it's that phrase "settling down" that sort of bothers me a little bit. I don't think. I'm in a space to settle down. I'm in a space to manifest my counterpart. Come on, manifest. Yeah. And I said it I said it that way because most men and women, we're conditioned to think. I don't like the way certain relationships, the construct of relationships, mm-hmm. I don't really like the way they're formatted in a sense. Like the, you know, the prerequisite that takes place before you know, you even get into the core of, of a, you know, anything. Yeah. Like, you know, what you're supposed to say to her, what she's supposed, how she's supposed to act to you. Yeah. It's all weird. All of it is weird. I think at this point in my life, it's like I'm really big on energy. Okay. And the energy has to be as real as a laughter that, you know, is elicited by a comedian. Mm. You can't fake that. Right. Like, if it's funny, it's funny. Yeah. That's how I feel about her, whoever yeah. she is. Yes. You can't fake that. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't even want to massage it. I don't want it to I don't want to mold it. Yeah. I want to just show up, she shows up, and it's just like, what have we been doing? Yeah. You know, all this time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm in that space. Okay. You know, I'm just waiting. So you're I'm, just waiting on that energy to yeah, I had to, it took years to get here though, you know, relationships that you just learn maturing as a man, you know. I had to learn to let strings go mm-hmm. and what i mean by strings you know you have females that you're talked to from here from time to time yeah and most guys you know they'll just string those girls along yeah you know and honestly i've i've been guilty of that in the past too until i just got to a place i was just like wow like, if i continue to do that i don't make room for her yeah you know because all my energy is here here and here yeah, yeah you know yeah. 
No, don't get it twisted. I still like dating. I just like talking to. I like the feminine energy. Like I like communicating. Yeah. You know, to women and stuff like that. But in terms of settling down right. or getting serious and stuff like that, you know, I just got out of a relationship, and for the same reason, the fact that I just knew that it wasn't. It's just not. It wasn't it. Yeah. You know, and regardless of what she thought. I knew that it wasn't it for me. Okay. So, you know, you got to do the mature thing. You got to be able to just let that go. Yeah, you do. And then it go, it's going to hurt. She gonna, you know, she's going to go through her emotions or whatever. But in the end, years down the line, she's going to look back and be like, yo, that's a real one. Yeah. Like, because he could have he could have kept me. Yeah, you like, could have been yeah, honest. Yeah. Yeah. He could have kept me hanging around for no reason. And he chose not to. And so... Mm. That's the space I'm in, you know. It's dumb. Just allow well, it. We got to do a part two where Come we hook on. Byron up. Saying. I can send you on three days. I don't know about all of that. I don't know about all of that. What you mean? <laughs> but yeah, we can wrap up for that would now. That'll be kind of cool, though. Actually, I'm down. It's actually happening already in place. Woo. Okay, that episode was amazing. We could do like a part two, part three to that episode. We could have talked for hours, but um, he's definitely going to come back and be a reoccurring guest. And we're going to send him on those dates and do a whole like uh, video of the dates. And he's going to come back and tell us about it. I don't know if he's going to do it, but I think that would be fun. <laughs> but I hope you all enjoyed that episode. And um, I hope you have some really good takeaways. Like I love his story and how he had to follow his heart and, and what he felt very strongly to even start traveling with Lana Del Rey and how it just became this huge thing for him and he had to trust himself and his instinct and his his destiny man he opened it and followed and walked right through it so i love 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 it thank you so much byron i will put his information in the show notes please follow